We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Irish Breakdown fans, Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Friday, and that used to mean something different than it means now. Now it means it's prediction time. That is Ryan Roberts over there. We switched on us. I got to get that sucker back over there. That's Ryan Roberts. I'm Brian Driscoll. And we are going to talk about Notre Dame versus Cal. We're going to make predictions. We're going to talk about some keys to victory. And then we're going to talk about what we need to see from Notre Dame on Saturday besides just a win that makes us think they've turned the corner. Because Ryan and I were discussing this. There are things Notre Dame could do that will win that will make me think nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's not winning means things have changed. There, there needs to be things that we need to see discernibly that let us know, like, okay, this team has genuinely turned the corner. And so we'll discuss a lot of those with you. And then at the end, there's about six games that are really interesting this weekend in college football that we're going to talk about. You know, we're not going to necessarily make predictions for all of them. Some of them we have predictions on the irishbreakdown.com. You can go to irishbreakdown.com and see those predictions. But we're going to talk a little bit about the Miami-Texas A&M game, which is fascinating to me. BYU-Oregon, Penn State-Auburn's a really interesting game. Oklahoma-Nebraska. Fresno, USC, and Michigan State and Washington. And I'll explain to you why I'm super ticked at Sean Davis during that segment of the show because somebody stole my upset pick this week. So I got to pick a different one. And so that's why I haven't put the upset picks out. So I we try to go get different, everybody get different ones. And so Sean sent me his last night and I was like, dang it, I should have claimed mine first. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that as the show rolls on. So first up, Ryan, we're going to talk Notre Dame Cal. Because that is the most important game of the weekend for us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is a uh, – Ryan, I don't know what to think about this game. I, I really don't, man. I have no clue what Notre Dame is going to do defensively. I have no clue what they're going to do offensively. I have no clue what the, the fire of this team is going to be or not, what the focus of this team is going to be or not. I, I just – there's so many unknowns right now about this football team mm-hmm. that I just don't know what to expect on Saturday. But what I do know is this team needs to start turning the corner because – Outside of Ohio State, you have not really hit the the meat of your schedule yet. And if you think Marshall and Cal are tough to beat, wait till the next three opponents that right. Notre Dame has to face. And so we the biggest thing is we need to see Notre Dame. They don't have to come out and beat Cal 50 to 6. They don't. We just need to see things to say, okay, you can build on that. And that's going to help you get going on in all three phases of the game. Biggest thing, yes, a W is important. But mm-hmm. beyond a W, we need to see that this team is starting to turn a corner this weekend. It, so, Brian, in my opinion, if Notre Dame plays to their absolute best ability and we sort of get a little bit of a turnaround, this game should never be in question, in my opinion, right? Like, that's what I want to see is if Notre Dame wins this football game, I don't want it to ever, even if it ends up being a close game, I don't want it to ever be a game where you're just like, well, that was not even, that that was a close game. Like, that was a back and forth. I want this to be a game where you're just like, Notre Dame had that the whole time. And it was obvious who the better, more talented team on the field was during that contest. So that's what I am looking forward to seeing. I would describe this team right now as enigmatic right now, right? Like, they're a little bit of an enigma as we currently sit, Brian. Like, I think that, I still have hope that they can hit near their ceiling. And if they can, I think they can be a good football team. But also there's potential that on Saturday we're going to see a bad football team, right? Like right. it's it's so volatile to what they could potentially do this weekend. But for me, this one can't ever be a contest, right? Like if you, if you really are turning the corner, Notre Dame needs to come into this game from start to finish. And you need to be like, yep, Notre Dame's a better football team than that team. Like no matter what the score ends up being, and obviously Notre Dame needs to win, but whether it is a – seven-point game or a 20-point win, whatever that it comes in between, Notre Dame needs to outclass Cal for me to really feel like, hey, they're 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 training in the right direction. There's some right. growth this week. Even if it's not a blowout, we need to see those things. Because, yes. I mean, look, they could have a blowout where you just say, like, they just kind of – they had some – one side of the ball stepped up and forced some turnovers or once – you know, just – Cal made some dumb mistakes or some breaks go their way. We've seen that stuff, that stuff before. It, it, they could have a convincing win, and I could still look at this and say, not a lot has changed, really. You know, yep. man, they hit a couple throws here and there. Like we talked about last week, if Tyler Buckner hits that throw at the end of the half, and if he hits that throw on, on you know, third and eight in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame wins by 10-plus points. But does that really change anything about what's going on with this football team just because they had a couple plays? No. The overall struggles, it would have just been like you just had better dudes than they had, and and that's why you won the game. It doesn't fix anything in regard to getting ready to go win the rest of your games, and that's the key for me. And we've been there too many times before in the past, right? Like not even talking about this coaching staff, talking about the previous coach staff. Like there has been too many games to even recollect on where you know Notre Dame didn't play very well. 
But the matter, mm-hmm. of the, the bottom line was that they were just more talented, and they end up more t- uh, t- out talenting people. Like I don't want to see a team that gets out talented, Brian. Like I know that they're right. a more talented team than Cal than Cal Berkeley is. Like I want them to be able to enter and leave this game with the unquestioned that they were the most ready and de- ready and better football team from start to finish than Cal. That's what mm-hmm. my that's what my standards are. Even though Notre Dame's right. sitting here at zero and two and just had a a terrible loss to Marshall last week. I still have those standards and I know that Marcus Freeman still has those standards. Right. So like, that's what I want to see this week is that you need to outclass this team. In my opinion, like there should, there should be, especially with so much adversity hitting you, man. Like this is when, this is when you show character. If you don't now, then it's just not there. It's not going to happen. Probably. No, this team just doesn't have it. I mean, if, if you don't show it this weekend, I mean, like we've said, look, this is not the time to overreact and panic and fans overreact and bench this guy, bench that guy, play this guy, put, put all the freshmen in. Like, like it's like all right come on folks like pump the brakes on that but if you see the same lack of energy and emotion this week that we saw last week then it's like okay yeah there's a character problem here and we can either continue to go down this path and hope that the veteran guys fix it or we can say we're going to fix it now ourselves and we're going to play the younger guys that still want to be out there and play with passion so i hope we don't exactly. have to get to that point i hope we'll see the guys like jared patterson and isaiah foskey and jason adamiola look in the mirror and say, Hey, it's, it's my job to go out there and, and fix this thing. And then you hope that the coaching staff uh, d- doesn't have the, like the biggest thing for me is I just want to know that the coaching staff doesn't have a, let's just keep doing what we're doing and just we'll get better at it kind of thing. Right. Cause that's not the answer. And you know, the reason I keep thinking that is because that's what we've seen the previous 12 years. I had hoped that that was gone, but mm-hmm. we're going to find out and we're going to find out. Cause there, I mean, there's still enough people around the program that are from the previous staff that, you got to wonder, like, is that is that just kind of part of, of of that culture that needs to be eradicated or not? And I hope that the answer to that is or not, <laughs> you know, that it, it, it yeah. they eradicate it themselves and come out this week with a little bit of an attitude and a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. That's really what I need to see this weekend, Ryan. Everyone needs this game, man. Like the coaching staff needs this game. The fans need this game. The players need this game. Everybody and the, the people that write about it every day need this game, man. Like, yeah. Everyone needs this. They do. This is an inge- – especially for, obviously, the coaching staff and the players. Like, they need this game, man. There is – this is a this is about to be a fractured confidence at this point, Brian. Like, you got – you just got beat by a team that is far, far, far and b- below your caliber. They are an inferior football team. You just played against Marshall. They beat you. You're sitting here now with a fractured sense of confidence. And it – again – adversity shows character. Right. And I think that my biggest thing is that one thing that we were loving the whole off season, we were like, wow, Marcus Freeman and this staff confidence and competition. Like those are the mm-hmm. two things that were kind of exuded throughout the players, how they talked press conferences, everything. And if you lose this game, like it's just, it's going to fracture the confidence completely at this right. point. As if Owen two, isn't a bad enough of start. If you lose to back-to-back teams that, are just not as good as you, and that is that is terrible for this team morale. So they yeah. need to win this football game. Everyone needs to win this football game. Yeah, and, and, and this would be a little gift for everyone. I the think, only reason they that they would lose this game, Ryan, is if this team just doesn't have that character. I mean, because if the Marshall game, if if the cow, if the Marshall game doesn't get it fixed for you mentally, then mm-hmm. then what's losing to Cal going to do for you? It yeah. just means you don't have it. You know yeah. what I mean? And. You know, like I said, your your character will be exposed this weekend, one or the other. You're either going to be, you're going to say, like, you know what, these kids look, they didn't get off to a good start. You know, some things didn't go their way. 
but they all rallied together. They came together as a team. They came together as players. They came together as coaches. Say, hey, look, we got to fix this, right? Mm-hmm. And they get it done. And that's what we're gonna we're gonna find. And it's gonna be about can Coach Freeman push the right buttons? Can Tommy Reese say, hey, yes. look, what we've been doing isn't working. Let's figure out, you know, what we need to do. Whether it's personnel changes, whether it's how you go about your business and practice changes, whether it's how you're putting your game plan together to make it a little bit more complementary, mm-hmm. you know, and, and make sure it works together and you're building to different things. Those things are all on the table, and we're going to find out this week what kind of answers they came from. And, you know, so we talked about, Ryan, you know, what do we want to see this weekend? Mm-hmm. I think for me, before we even get into the specific keys to success, so what do we want to see this weekend? Number one, this team comes out and plays with fire, number one. Yes. I want to see a higher level of execution because a higher level of execution means you're starting to push the right buttons in practice that you're going to start doing a you know better job. I want to see the stars start to play like stars, right? And and I can someone excuse Jarrett Patterson not playing like a star because he's not 100%. He's just flat out not. Mm-hmm. And so I don't expect him to look like 100% healthy, informed Jarrett Patterson. But what we can't see are the mental mistakes because your mind is not – you know, you didn't hurt your mind this offseason. You hurt your foot, okay? Right. And so make sure you're seeing that. But with Foskey, Jason Adamiola, Cam Hart, Maris Luafau, Brandon Joseph, who, who was great against Ohio State, didn't play great against Marshall. You know, all of them have to say, hey, look, this is up to us, right? Michael Mayer on, on offense. Blake Fisher, right? Incredibly talented kid. I know he's young. I know this is putting a lot on him. But, dude, you got to go out there and play like you're the baddest dude on the block because, in reality, you are. You know, mm-hmm. believe in yourself to do that and then just go play, man. And then the veterans got to show leadership. You can't be having mental mistakes and technique and assignment mistakes from your six-year senior guard, right? You know, your your, your all-American tight end can't be a, a, a negative as a blocker, right? Like, I mean, that's that's pride. You know, that's just – that's that's those are the things that are missing. And so that's what I need to see from this football team. I want to see looseness, man. Like, I want to see – We've talked about this a ton. We think that there is some inconsistencies from a just understanding what's expected of you, right? Comfort in the scheme. And those things can make you tight. And I feel like right now this is a very mechanical team over the first two games, right? Like there's some good to it because you're in the right spots most of the time. But I just don't see a team that's letting loose, right? Like I don't see athletes being athletes. I I don't see that right now, right? So for me, it's can we get this team loose? Can we get them ready to compete? And we can let them go, man. Like at the end of the day, I want to see, and I know we're not getting super in depth yet, but I want to see four down and just Al right. Golden says, just go, man, just go. Hey, Isaiah, just be yourself. See that number 13? Get them. Yes. Yes. Right. Forget it, all man. this other stuff. Get them. You know, let me see that your one move works first before I take you to move number two. Right. And so, you know, those are the things that I need to see. You know, I want to see Jason Adamiola, man, stop with all the, you know, like just go play, man. Go, go make plays, right? Uh, you know, it's it's all of that. I want to see this team play with fire. I want to see this team execute yep. better. I want to see I want to see noticeable adjustments. I don't want to see just a better execution of what you did last week because better executing what you did last week can beat Cal, but it doesn't mm-hmm. prepare you to go win the next week, the next week, the next week, the next week, and the next week, right? right. Just means you out talented a team that you flat out should out talent. You know, mm-hmm. Cal's got some good players. Cal is ascending. If they can keep recruiting like they're recruiting right now the last two years, they're ascending. They're well yeah. coached. They've added some really good offensive skill players. And, you know, J. Michael Sturdivant and Maven Anderson and Jaden Ott and guys like that, you know, uh, the, the good. Keep doing that. Right. But they're not th- now a team that should beat Notre Dame 
unless Notre Dame plays bad, right? Notre Dame should be able to out-talent them. And so it can't just be that you out-talented them and you played with fire. It needs to be you do that, but I need to see some discernible changes in how the linebackers are playing, which tells me they're changing how they're preparing them during the week of practice. I need to see the wide receivers playing with more speed. Not that they don't have speed, that they're playing with that speed, which tells me that they're they're, they're changing how they're installing the, the practice aspect of it. You know, they're changing how the, the route combinations are going. I need to see some of the younger players. I need to see – if I don't see Eli Raritan and Tobias Merriweather this year, like this week, like in quarter numero uno – I'm going to lose it in the postgame show. I'm just telling you, I don't win or lose. I'm going to lose it in the postgame show because maybe you can beat Cal without them, but you're going to need them moving forward. And now's the time to get them going. And there's been nothing that you've seen from the veterans should make you trust them more than the young players, right? Because what you have seen from them is this dude can't block. This dude's not fighting for the ball. This guy has no idea how to, how to, you know, win on routes. Right. So, I mean, dude, the freshmen can do that, but they're more talented. And they're bigger, so play them. And and so if they do play them, that's a sign to me that they figured out we just got to let loose, man. We got to stop trying to be perfect and all this stuff, and just put our dudes out on the field and give them a, an opportunity to go make plays. I need to see Chris Tyree being more of a focal point of the offense because if they're not, then it tells me they haven't learned anything. They've cleaned up some stuff, and so they beat Cal. But as I've always said, Ryan, and it doesn't it, look my belief doesn't change whether you're zero and two or two and zero. And this is what I this is this is what makes Nick Saban so great. It's not about the end result. It has to be about the process. Because if it's just about the end result, then you convince yourself that 10 and 3 with really close losses to Clemson and Stanford and then a bowl loss against Ohio State where you, you know, were missing a lot of players, if you're just about the results, then you look at that and say, "No, we're good. We're just going to play a little harder and coach a little better, which is word for word what Brian Kelly said after the 2015 season. So you don't fire your defensive coordinator that everybody on the planet, except apparently you and him, knows is not getting the job done. You don't make any staff changes to your strength program, which everybody around the program was complaining about going into that season because you just look at the result. It's got to be about the process. And if you just look at the result, and the result is a W this weekend, then it doesn't necessarily mean the process is setting you up to then go have success in future weeks. And so to me, that's why it's not just about getting the win. It's about realizing that there are flaws within how you're going about your business, whether it be personnel, whether it be practice, whether it be play calling, play design, uh, game plan design, play calling on both sides of the ball. There are changes that need to be, fi- be, be made. And if you're not willing to make those and all you do is clean up some stuff, then it tells me this team didn't learn their lesson. And that's my biggest fear coming out of this game. And the thing, the on the opposite, the thing I'm ho- most hoping that we see fixed this weekend. On your on your your excerpt there on the process, Brian. I mean, this is slightly a hyperbolic statement, but it's one that I actually do subscribe to a lot. I was always taught, and I try to teach the players that I coached as well that you do all your thinking during practice every day of the week, right? When it comes to the game, that should be programmed at that point, right? Like you should be so comfortable in what your responsibility is in whatever scheme you're working in, whatever play you're running, whatever, that you just go, man. Like, again, like we both have said it already, you need to play loose, man. You need to play free and not free of 
out of structure, out of the system, doing your own thing, freelancing, free is in you're comfortable and you're able to accentuate and show off your athleticism. Because like the, the biggest thing that I always come back to, Notre Dame has talent, man, and they have speed and they have a lot of really good football players on this team. Have they showed it enough in the first two games of the season? Absolutely not. But again, I would say that there's a process issue over the first two games. And I'm not, it's not even shade at the coaching staff. For whatever reason, the team did not play loose, in my opinion, during the first two weeks. So that is uh, continuing to emphasize this. That's what I want to see this game. There are little parts, and that comes into everything. All my overlying keys that I want to see, whether that is, getting a wide receiver in space, getting Chris Tyree on the edge, letting your linebackers get downhill and go. Like all those things come back to one simple thing. Go, man. Be loose. Be explosive. Be athletic. The reason that you are in South Bend, Indiana, is because when you were playing football, you showed us that you had this athletic upside and you were a really good football player, right? Right now, they're playing too much like they don't want to make mistakes. Forget about mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Make them fast ones. That's the end-all, be-all for me is I want to see if there is mistakes – they need to be fast ones. They need to be aggressive ones. I feel like people are afraid to make mistakes right now. Let's get into some of the keys to victory for Notre Dame in this game, Ryan. And let's begin with the side that has the most to prove this weekend, and that's that's the offensive line. And there are certain things that are obvious. Like don't turn it over three times. Don't throw a pick six. Uh, play hard. You know, like like there's the generic things that that are assumed. We're not going to get into those. Those things need to happen but specific keys, right? That's what we do here. We try to get into the nitty gritty. I think the first thing I need to see that's going to tell me that this team has made changes, but also is a key to success against Cal, specifically against Cal, is we need to see this team be more willing to to spread out and to move more. Not just the little quick motions that they're doing, but like move more. Like, hey, be 11 personnel, but then do four, five, six different things out of 11. Don't run a million plays, run a million formations, right? That's 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 the kind of thing. Is if you, if you feel the need to do something a million times, and I'm being hyperbolic here, then make it be formations, not plays, right? And, and if we see some of that, I think that's a key because as we've talked about before, Cal is two different defenses. There's the defense from here, like from the edge to the edge, and it goes all the way back. You know, so from their ends to their inside backers to their safeties, they're a long big football team right and that's what they use to shut down the run then 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 there's what they have on the perimeter their corners and their nickel big physical smart sound up here short little tiny physical smart on the perimeter they're smart and physical and sound everywhere but they're really small outside Cal wants you to go condense. They want you to feel the need to go 12 personnel in order to get the run game going. And so if Notre Dame is willing to spread the field out, use its speed advantage on the perimeter, then that's going to give them an opportunity to have success because it's going to force Cal into some sub packages that maybe they'd rather not get into. And their sub packages means they take out an outside linebacker who's 6'3", 245, and they put in a 5'10", nickel corner. That plays into Notre Dame's hands. Okay, so... To me, that's the biggest thing for me is a shift in identity from a formational and a, and a personal standpoint that then is followed by using that schematically to get Cal going left, right. And now that may seem counterintuitive to what people think Notre Dame is, but as Ryan and I talked about yesterday, for this game especially and to get this team going, Notre Dame needs to kind of reverse engineer its offense a little bit. 
It's been a run team that's going to set up the pass. This week against Cal, simply put, you're not good enough to do that, in my opinion. You need to do it kind of opposite. Use the perimeter. Use your speed. Use the pass game to then open up opportunities for your run game. And that's where I think this team needs to go. It's like key number one. That's a key to success for this offense. From a general sense, the 3-4 defense was created to stop the inside run, right? Like that's that's the biggest thing. So we know how Cal wants to win this game. They want to be tough. They want to be physical. They want to stop the run, like you said, Brian. Like they want to pitch tents inside. Like Correa, the nose tackle, 91, wants to stay in his two gaps, right? Like he wants to play down the middle and, and have A gap to A gap. That's where he wants to play. Carlton, the, the defensive lineman that kind of mixes in with all these other guys, right? Like he wants to stay – in his gap, these linebackers, they want to feast inside. Number 10 and Sermon, they want to play inside out. They want to dominate the interior of this offensive line and stop the run. That's what they want to do. So at, with anything, this is offensively or defensively, you want to make the opposition uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make them do things that they are not accustomed to doing. Chasing to the perimeter is what this team does not want to do working to the outside, having to defend bigger receivers with your smaller defensive backs. Those are things that you do not want to do. So I, I agree. I think that this the rushing number in this game, I think, is going to tell a lot about this game, Brian, because if Notre Dame is able to run the ball, that tells me that they started out in this game and they said, okay, we need to soften this interior up a little bit. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Let's get outside. Maybe a jet occasionally, right? Some outside zone. We'll throw some RPO some and, and just hit some screens right. out there. Yeah. So you want to soften the edges here because you think that you can win there, right? Like I'm not just softening just to soften. I'm softening because I think I can win out there and then I'm going to make the defense uncomfortable. And as they get more and more comfortable, they have to overcompensate to start stopping the outside runs, stop the, everything to the perimeter. That's when you get gashes up the middle because now you have to overcompensate and you are now taking guys out of the box or at least structurally moving them out a little bit so that you do stop that outside perimeter run. So that is the biggest thing for me is that I think that the rushing total is going to be very indicative because this is a staunch run defense. If they're able to run the football, that tells me they softened it early and then they're able to gash in the middle. I don't think that Notre Dame's going to be able to. And this is not a fault of Notre Dame necessarily because most teams would be like this. I don't think most teams can just go play Cal and just say like, hey, we're running inside zone all day. That's all we're doing, right? Like we're running inside power. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're, that's all we're going to do. That's not how you're effective against Cal. You know where they're weakest at, attack where the weaknesses are, make them uncomfortable, and that's how you soften the interior of this defense. And I think that that's going to be the biggest indicator, to your point, of a victory is how well Notre Dame is able to run the football this week. Now, if Notre Dame comes out and runs inside zone and duo and just blows Cal off the ball and they're the line that everybody thought they are, fine. I mean, okay, that's that's cool, you know, but – I just I don't see that going from what we've seen the first two weeks to that in week three. I think you can eventually get to that, but I, I just I feel like just assuming that's going to happen to me just doesn't doesn't it's just not reality in my view. I just have a hard time saying that that the light just goes on to that degree. And so there needs to be some smart planning in regard to what this team is going to do schematically. So I think that's a big key. I think a couple keys to success, Ryan. Obviously, th- th- there's simple things like don't do stupid things, right? Don't false start on third and three. Don't don't have a 22-yard gain brought back by a silly, lazy block in the back penalty, right? Like dumb things like that can't happen. And then beyond that, it's they need to hit a deep shot early. 
Yes. And I don't care how, if it's off an RPO, if it's designed, if it's a sluggo, a wheel, a just a straight go, I do not care how it happens. But they've got to hit a deep shot early. Cal's not an easy team to hit deep shots on based on how they normally play. I just don't feel they're going to normally play like they normally play. I think they're going to bring another guy down in the box and say, you have shown no ability to throw the ball down the field, whether it's the quarterback not being able to hit open guys, whether it's the protection, whatever the case may be, you haven't hit, you haven't shown you can hit that. They're going to need to hit a deep shot or two early to soften Cal up. That's what we refer to there. And then I want to see some, I want to see some space and what Tommy Reese has not done a good job of so far this year. And it's something that I think that he believes in is getting the ball in space. There's different ways to do that. Everybody thinks that space is just, throwing now screens and bubble screens and stuff like that. And that's true. That's part of it. Sure. But there's also other ways where you're using levels concepts, where you're doing things to where in, in space isn't always quick. Space can be take the top off of Braden Lindsay, have Lorenzo Styles run an under route, or have Michael Mayer run an under route to run right across the linebacker's face, Michael, get them to come down on you. And then, bam, Lorenzo Styles is coming over the middle, catching and running at 15. You know, those there's different things like that that you can also do to get guys in space. But you've got to use your you've got to use your alignment. That's where the spread comes from. You've got to use some of your movement. You've got to use your your route combinations and such that look the horizontal stretch stuff isn't working. Your receivers aren't good enough route runners yet to know how to win on a stop route. They're they're they have no concept. They're just running right into a guy, right, and then turning around and boxing out. Like that's not going to work. So until they learn that, you've got to do some things. You've got to get them moving. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can use those concepts. So that's why you need more levels, more verticals, more, more you know things like that. More post-snap switching is something I would also do a lot of. Some pre-snap movement where you can get some stacks is something I would, get, I would do more of, uh, which allows you to kind of get off the press. It allows guys to get moving before the snap. It allows you to do more stuff with that post-snap stuff like we talked about. Because a post-snap switch – uh, when you're just in your normal alignment is certainly something you can do, but it's a little bit harder to do. It takes a little bit longer to do. You stack, stack those guys. And all of a sudden you can do a lot of different things. You can do, you know, guy go vertical quick uh, underneath route. There's a lot of stuff you can do. I want to see the creativity in that regard, not running a million different plays, but that's where I want to see some of the creativity. I think if we can see some of that stuff, that's a way that you can help drew pine get into an early rhythm. Yeah. Cause that's, that's my biggest concern. Drew looked not good yesterday. And he did not look good in, in the practices that that my staff was at, right? He did not look good in the spring, not just in the spring game, which I don't care about, but in the practices. Drew's in a funk. You've got to get that kid some early momentum. You've mm-hmm. got to find some early success for him. So some one-on-one deep shots, you know, some things where you're using your combinations to get guys free in space where he has a simple one-two read. And, and use your backs more, you know, and I don't know if this is the week to run a million screens. You know, we've, we've called for him the last couple of weeks. This is a pretty disciplined defense. So yeah. the running back screens is what I'm referring to. There's perimeter mm-hmm. screens that I like, mm-hmm. but the running back, you know, the, the, the slow developing slip screen. I don't know if this is the week for that because their linebackers are pretty smart. They may sniff it out, you know, That's but smart. there are certainly things that you can do in the screen game beyond just that that I think can be effective. And, and if you're going to run a running back screen, it needs to be a little bit more creative than just a check, you know, slip, just, you know, run them, 
reverse action off of that or something and and have run a reverse already <laughs> you know do something to get their eye discipline that's a big thing for Kyle Ryan is you mm-hmm. cannot you've got to get their eye discipline off you know yes. you got to get them thinking this instead of this because if if Cal's able to play downhill all game you're playing right into their hands right well, into their hands that's that's because they're strong their strongest position group on it as a team in my opinion is their linebackers right like their linebackers are really good football players like sermon and number 10 are, are good football players they really are in their big hits right sermon 62240 number 10 is 63255 like they're big inside backers they don't want to play in space Brian like that your biggest thing right is that you want to manipulate and create a little bit of, and, and that goes from a lot of different layers right like for drew pine Get some easy completions, man. Like that's easy stuff, right? Because you're you're manufacturing space and you're manufacturing leverage, right? So in that instance, is you're creating some easy throws for Drew. Perfect. You're also manipulating eyes of the second level defenders, those two inside linebackers that I'm talking about. I want them to be extremely uncomfortable. Because to your point, if they are just triggering and getting downhill all day, it's an easy football game for them, man. It's an easy game. But if you start, hey, let's work the seam a little bit and we'll bring somebody coming underneath and have to really manipulate their eyes. Or maybe we're trading tight ends, moving over to one side or the other. There's some motion coming across and you're doing some switching from a post snap perspective. That's manipulating eye discipline, right? And this is a disciplined team. So you need to do things that get their clock moving, right? Because they have seen, I mean, they're very, very savvy football players, but mm-hmm. you can manipulate them. And I want to see it because, again, if there's hope for Tommy Reese, it's that this week yeah. he comes into this football game and he knows, hey, their second level is really good. It's probably their best unit. I have better athletes and they have in space. Let's create some space there. Right. Let's get them uncomfortable. I want Jackson Sermon chasing a screen outside. I want him chasing to the perimeter. I want a post-snap switch where you get a guy coming across the middle and now he has to redirect in space. Make this second level uncomfortable, and you do that by creating space. Manufacture, create, and capitalize. That's the biggest thing yep. for me this week. I want to interrupt this breakdown mm-hmm. just a little bit. We got a comment here from Irish One. <clears throat> said he's in a hospital today, prob, prob, uh, hospital, probably their poor Wi-Fi. He asked for prayers from uh, me and the IB family. He said he went in for a t- CT scan today, uh, yesterday for hernia, and they found cancer, and they want to uh, start chemo soon. So um, – my man, you absolutely have our prayers, buddy. Uh, we, we are with you uh, in spirit. We'll certainly be praying for my wife and I. We will definitely uh, add you to our prayer list for sure. I know there's a lot of people in this chat will do the same thing, man. But um, we're here for you, you know, to get your mind off of things anytime. Also to offer prayer for you. Uh, but definitely keep us in the loop, man. There's no doubt. So we're, we're definitely praying for you. Uh, definitely praying for you. That's uh could imagine. That's a scary, scary stuff. But just keep battling, fight, and uh, know that your IB Nation family is right here with you, man. No question about it. So, Ryan, let's move on to uh, the defense. Those are always uh, hard transitions to make, you know, when like real life kicks you in the face a little bit. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's the fight that I know we're going to see from Irish one. But let's let's transition to the defense here for these keys to victory, Ryan. I think the biggest one is we are going to get a little bit simple here. And the first key is dominate up front, dominate up front in the run game, dominate up front in the pass game. The reality is Jack Plummer, if he is sitting in the pocket, comfortable with time to throw, he has a big time arm and he will hurt you. And they have speed on the perimeter. They have some cats that can make plays at running back. As Ryan has said multiple times this week, 
Jade not their freshman running back. It's amazing that Cal has freshmen smart enough to play early on and be successful. I wish Notre Dame could recruit some guys like that. I say sarcastically. Well, I but, mean, I mean, Cal's a great academic institution in Notre Dame, isn't right? Right. So, Notre Dame's yeah, getting kids yeah. can barely read and write, apparently. Yeah, apparently. You know, uh, I say incredibly sarcastically. <laughs> But, uh, you know, sorry, I had to throw that saltiness out there. But, there, you know, Jay Knott is a weapon in the pass game. He's going to present a threat. Their tight end, uh, Latou, is a kid that is a threat in the pass game. And we've talked about their receivers a lot. All three of their starter receivers are weapons. And they have another kid, uh, Monroe Young, I think, comes off the bench. And he has made some plays this year, too. So they've got weapons where they are not good is in the trenches. They are much more athletic on the perimeter at running back than Marshall was. Mm-hmm. They are not as good in the trenches as Marshall was, and you need to dominate that. So the combination of them not being good there and you need to play better and a breakout game is needed from this defensive line. If the defensive line doesn't have a breakout game now, I got to start asking major questions about what Al Washington is doing because you're now three games in. You can chalk the first game up to, you know, Ohio State had really long, talented offensive tackles, which, you know, one of them is. The other one I'm still not sold on. Mm-hmm. And and then you've Marshall had really long, well-coached offensive tackles. Okay, sure. There's no excuse in this one because they're not long. They're not athletic. They're not good. Like Cal doesn't have a single offensive lineman that I would consider good. Okay. You know, their sure. center's okay. You know, the one of their tackles would be good if he was a guard, as you mentioned yesterday. If their left tackle was playing guard, he'd be good, but he's not a good mm-hmm. left tackle. There's Agreed. no excuse not to dominate in the trenches. And also, it's very important because you cannot let this – because if Cal has early success moving the ball, it is going to boost their – because, look, Notre Dame is a wounded animal right now, and and no one's afraid of them right now. And if Cal comes in here and hits a couple shots and moves the ball, gets some early points on the board, their confidence skyrockets, and then Notre Dame's plummets. And you can't allow that to happen. And it's harder to get a guy out of rhythm once he's in it than it is to just get him out of rhythm early. Once yeah. a guy gets into a role, it can be challenging to get him out of that. You can't let Jack Plummer get into that role. So to me, that's the biggest thing is you've got to dominate up front. That Everything else that we're going to talk about is built on dominating up front. On paper, it's your biggest advantage in this football game is that your defensive line is a lot better than your offensive line in theory, right? We had to take theory and to make it practical. Like That's the biggest thing. For, from your defensive perspective, I'll say this, Brian, there's with how the defensive line has played the first two weeks, we talked all preseason about there's going to be a lot of probably offensive lines that are going to slide protection to Isaiah Foskey and get some double teams on him occasionally. I think that they're going to look at this defensive line and say like, hey, no one's killing it right now. So like we can do some one-on-one blocking. And I think that Isaiah Foskey is going to have a chance to go one-on-one with some of these tackles. I think Jason Amalo is going to have a chance to get one-on-one against some of these guards. And they need to capitalize, man. Point blank. This is the most point blank that I'll ever be. They are better football players than what Cal is trotting out there at offensive line. Your good players need to be good football players and need to be dominant football players in this game because that is your biggest advantage. And when you have an advantage, you need to take it, you need to capitalize on it. Like that is that is all it comes down to in this game. You have the chance to physically dominate this team and physically dominate in getting pressure on Jack Plummer, making him uncomfortable, getting him on the grounds, forcing bad incompletions and bad decisions, and the run game, right? I mean, they've number 28. That's an okay little runner, but Jay Knott's the guy, in my opinion. That's the guy that's right. scary. He's their hammer kind of guy, right? 
Yes. Right. Yeah. He's the bigger back. Jaden Moore, right? I think it's who yeah. that is. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He's yep. technically their starter. Technically, yeah. But he's not yeah. their leading ball carrier. If, right. if you watch the UNLV game or the game before, yeah, he starts the game and then Jay Knott comes in and finishes. <laughs> Which is, and that's kind of a smart way to handle a freshman, right? Don't put all the pressure on of starting him, but, you know, maybe start somebody else, but then build him into it and get him some reps, get him some touches. Imagine that. Imagine that's crazy philosophy. Who I didn't knew? know that was allowed. I thought Who that knew? was – I thought it was outlawed around these parts, but – uh yeah, it's for me. That's the biggest thing, though, is that their offensive line is not good. And if Cal wins the football game, it won't change the fact that their offensive line is not good. I mean, it's right. not right. And if Notre Dame is as good as we think they can be on the defensive line, we've been talking all offseason about how Isaiah Foskey could be a first round pick. Jason Amalola might be one of the most underrated players in all of college football in the de- at, from the defensive tackle position. They haven't played like it right now. They haven't. Mm-hmm. This is the game where you come out and you say, I have pride and I'm going to make some plays because I am super talented, but I haven't shown it the first two weeks. Let's get it, guys. Let's get it. I almost just kicked uh, BK, 99 props BK one out. I almost kicked him out, Ryan. He said, he he got me. He got me good. He started off with school is too hard at Notre Dame for freshmen (laughs) and freshmen have to adjust. And then he said, unlike at Cal Berkeley. Yes, uh, that's when I started to lose it, and then he said sarcastically. So you saved yourself, my friend. Uh, but uh, you know, as far as that's the old excuse that we've heard from past years, which you can't really use when you're playing a team that you know a school like Cal Berkeley and uh, they have freshmen uh, playing. It, for them. Here's another. Here's another good one for you. Ninety Nine Problems also said patience. We have mm-hmm. to build trust. Merriweather will play in a couple years. Yeah, <laughs> and then they'll complain about how he doesn't have a lot of experience. You know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I huh. anyway, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Ryan, I think defensively too, there's more than just the D line. I, I think making plays, I think they have to protect against the deep ball. I think this is a Cal team that you want to try to go on drives because they will make mistakes. They'll drop mm-hmm. a ball. They're a young receiving core all around. They'll make mistakes. They'll run a bad route. You'll eventually beat the line protecting against the big plays is huge. You cannot let them get get big plays. You can't let Sturdivant get over the top and beat you. Now, I'm not saying play eight yards off and just let them nickel and dime you up and down the field. Uh, I, I, I would like to see them kind of take away some of the quick stuff in different ways, but you also don't want to just come up and play cover one and expose your corners to just a bunch of deep shots by J. Michael Sturdivant and, and, and Jeremiah um, uh, Hunter, right? It's, it, that, yes. So, uh, especially Sturdivant, who can fly, and he's long. He's like six two plus. Yeah. So you have to be careful. They, they, they are different than Marshall. Last week it should have been come up, take everything quick away. Here it's a little bit different. You know, you, yep. you need to make sure you're not just exposing him to shot after shot after shot because Plummer has a cannon, unlike the kid from last week, and he took two bomb shots on the first drive against UNLV last week. Sure did. And missed on one, and then hit on the next one. You know, and. That's- and, and the second one was, I mean, that was a good, co- this, the coverage on the second one that they completed was better than the one that he missed. That, the one that, that was, he missed, Sturdivant that was, was open. Yeah. That was, that was Hunter like fading to the yes. sideline, right? Just, like over oh, the shoulder. He just dropped yeah. it over his yeah. outside shoulder, like inside the five yard line. Yeah. Just dying. That, was a, that I mean, was a great throw, man. It was great, a great throw. But and then to he your missed a wide open Sturdivant on the first one, right? To your point, I mean, it was like, it was like the third play of the game. Sturdivant put that kid in the blender, man. Yes. Like it was <laughs> over with. Like he had five yards. No move. He just no. pew, ran right by us. Yeah, he's very fast, and yeah. he showed his speed off there. And that's been my biggest worry this whole week, Brian, is that like, hey, man, 
That J. Michael Sturdivant kid, that kid can run, yeah. man. Like, that kid can run. I know Notre Dame's got some defensive backs that can run, too. Like, Cam Hart can run. Right. But, like, that kid is moving you don't at just a keep putting him in those looks over and over yes. and over with no help. Because it's offensive you know, advantage right. if we're going one-on-one, right? right. Like, I mean, just and, generally speaking. And you need to be able to use your secondary to protect against the deep ball. And you need to be able to trust your front, your box to dominate the ground attack. If you can't, yep. then you're in big trouble. And, and if you can't stop Cal's run game with your box, Ryan, this is going to be a long year. And, a and long to, year. And to your earlier points, if Cal is creating some explosive plays, like some deep shots to Hunter or Sturdivant, that also tells me that our key number one is not working too well, and they're right. probably not getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback, right? So right. those things are intertwined. They go hand in hand, right? Pressure, good coverage, that, that all comes hand in hand with, with stopping the deep ball like that. Yep. No doubt. And and so those are going to be interesting aspects of what we see defensively. And then, of course, just play smart. Don't have the dumb mistakes like, you know, a guy's trying to double pass and then you all lose contain and he just eh, runs it for 40 yards. You know, just dumb, dumb thing. Like there were so many just not say dumb. That's disrespectful, but just so many just silly things you can't do when you're at Notre Dame. You know, yeah. just mistakes you can't make when you're a junior or a senior. Those things have to get fixed, in my opinion. And and so that's going to be a, a big aspect of this, in my opinion, for the Notre you're, Dame. You're already, you're already not playing well. You're already not playing yeah. well, and you're playing against a decent football team. So, like, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't make it harder on yourselves. Like, you're already not playing good football right now. You need to yeah. reverse the tides, and you don't want to have to play Cal and also against yourselves, right? Like, that's going to be a hard battle to win, mm-hmm. right? Like, you want to just be able to play Cal. So don't shoot yourselves in the foot. Keep it clean. Because at the end of the day, if you keep it clean and you're making plays, you're more talented than the other team, right? So if you're right. a clean football team, you're probably going to win the game more than likely. But we haven't seen that yet, so we need to see it in this one. Yep, absolutely, Ryan. And and special teams, it's going to be the same thing as it is every week. Like it's, mm-hmm. I never am going to ask this, but hey, guys, you guys need to return one for six this week. Like if you're begging for that from your special teams, then you've got problems. It's simple. Win the field position battle don't make mistakes, right? Do your job. Don't make mistakes, right? That's going to be the key for the special teams this week. Don't leave points on the board. You know, if you get a chance to get points, get points. Now, if you're returning the ball and you got a chance to do something, do something with it, that's how you help with field position. What I'm saying is I'm not going out there saying, hey, block a punt, return it, take a kickback for a score. I'm not I'm not going to say that has to happen. If that has to happen to beat Cal, this team has major problems. But don't give Cal points, and then don't take away points from your team. That's really the key on special teams for this game. I, that's so, always the, that's always yeah. the key, the key man. Like yeah. keep it clean. Like that's one positive that's come out of the first two games is Notre Dame's been pretty good on special teams. I mean, outside of their the kick return, kick return the unit, area, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like their kick return unit was bad against Ohio State, but otherwise, I mean. They're making their kicks. They're pretty solid from a punting perspective. Their coverage units have been pretty good as well. So it's just about staying clean, man, and being consistent. And so far, mm-hmm. Coach Mason's team is uh, – Coach Mason's unit, I should say, has, has been pretty solid. They even had a block punt yeah. last game. So, so Ryan, let's – prediction time. So it's that time, right? I mean, I've been struggling with these predictions all week. We did put an article up today at irishbreakdown.com where we had the entire staff's predictions – I'll just give you some of them for the guys that are not here. Sean Davis predicted Notre Dame to win 23 to 10. Hmm. Sean Styers predicted Notre Dame to win 26 to 17. And Andrew McDonough predicted Notre Dame to win 23 to 13. 
So, Ryan, what is your score prediction, and how do you see this game playing out? And you can cheat a little bit if you want to go, this is how I see it, but this is how it could go, because I'm going to do that when I talk. I'll just I'll just keep it to how I kind of pictured it in, in my prediction. So I, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as most of those guys. I think our scores are pretty similar in that effect. So I had 23, I'm sorry, 27 to 13 Notre Dame wins. I think more than anything, though, Brian, this is a very optimistic perspective in the sense that I think Notre Dame is going to dominate this football game. Sure. Right. Like I think that they I, I think it's going to be a, a 27-13 where you're like, Notre Dame dominate that football game. Like it was never actually that close in, in their opinion. Right. So that's where I'm going right now. I think that you're going to be able to loosen up the, the interior of the defense with a good running game. I think, it, I, and you're going to be, have a good running game. And I think you're going to be turnover free offensively. Defense is going to keep doing what we've seen for the most part over the first two games. Like it's yeah. a little inconsistent against Marshall, but it's still been pretty sound for the most part. So 27, 13 Notre Dame. So I kind of cheated a little bit in my prediction. My prediction Mm -hmm. is 20 to 16. Notre Dame wins 20 to 16. And the reality is, is the reason I went there is because I'm not going to be a believer in this offense until they show it to me. Here's Mm -hmm. what I believe. I believe Tommy Reese is a really smart guy. I think Tommy Reese is a really smart guy when it comes to scheme. Where the inexperience has hurt him, in my opinion, is there's a lot more to it to being a really good play caller than just being a really smart scheme guy. Mm-hmm. There is a rhythm to it. There is a process to it. There is a chess match aspect to it that I don't know that he's always um, shown. Mm-hmm. He definitely hasn't shown in the first couple games this year. I think we saw it at times last year, especially off the script. They were really good coming out of the gate late last year. What I need to see is that Coach Reese can figure out how to be more process-oriented with that. And the bigger thing for me where I think that that I need to see it from Coach Reese where I'm just now at the point where I'm not going to predict it until he shows it to me is that he can go out and get a team ready to play Monday to Friday. And we're just not seeing that right now. And, and you know, last year, it's a different story. You had an offensive head coach. And, again, I think sometimes that was a bad thing for Notre Dame, as I mentioned. But there was at least a process that was laid out for them, okay? Now you have a defensive head coach, and you are – everybody's made a big stink of this when he was hired. You, know, you were hired before the head coach was, right? So people in the, in the administration had a lot of faith that you were going to get this done, and it's time to prove that because – if the other stuff that goes – and this is – I've said this a million times, Ryan. I don't mm-hmm. care how smart an offensive coordinator is. It, it What matters and your success is not built on how smart you are. You're built, your success is built on how smart you can make your players. That's the key. And for me, until Coach Reese shows me he can do that, and I believe he's capable of it, I just need to see it. Mm-hmm. Then it's hard for me to kind of go uh, with a – a more convincing victory unless it's the defense or special team setting up scores. Now, the other part of what I said was in, in my prediction is if, if Notre Dame does come out and do what I think they need to do, you know, we see they're spreading the field. They're maybe pushing the tempo a little bit. They're using Chris Tyree more effectively. Uh, they're using the pass game more effectively. They're doing some of the different concepts we've talked about. They're able to take some shots. Drew Pine doesn't turn the ball over. If they come out and play their game and we do see Coach Reese make some of those adjustments, 34 to 13 would be my prediction. If I had confidence in the offense, that's what I would see because I feel like once you get Cal down, 
then Plummer starts to panic, and then he makes mistakes, and then that's when you put him away. So that's kind of how I would see it if if I had confidence in the Notre Dame offense. But right now, until they show me mm-hmm. that they can block, that they can play with fire, that they can execute, that they can compete for balls, that the quarterback's going to make the throws that are there, I can't go there. Uh, they're so, capable of a convincing win, but I can't. Pre- I'm not going to predict a convincing win until they show me that they're capable of of playing the way they need to play on offense. And so that's where I'm at. So twenty to sixteen is my prediction, is my official prediction. But if the offense does what I think they're capable of doing, then I do think this could be a, a convincing victory for Notre Dame. I just um, I'm going to have to believe it when I see it. That's really a big key for me at this point in time. It's a show me business, man. So I'm there with you. Like I need to see it, but I'm going to be optimistic until I can't be optimistic anymore. Right. Like if, right. if, if, uh, if they lay a goose egg, then it's going to start kind of changing my predictions on a week to week basis. But yes, I, yes. I think, I think for me that I, I, I still believe in the talent on this team and I still believe in Marcus Freeman. So I think that they're going to come and you're out. You're predicting what should happen. Yes. That's what you're predicting. You're predicting yep. what should happen, and that's how I've always predicted. Yep. But at this point in time, I'm I'm changing my stance until until they show me that they can do that. So it's it's a, I'm it's sympathetic a good, to that. Well, no, no, I I think that it's a it's a good thought process for you. From being honest, right? Like it's it's something where your analyst ha- is telling you like I need to see it before I can believe right. in it, right? And I totally get that. I totally right. get that, and I respect that. It's just you know I. I Notre Dame's just more talented team, man. They are, and I know well, they're not playing well. But thirteen is the score yeah. of what Notre Dame won by the last time Jack Plummer was a quarterback in the stadium. And I would well, that's argue funny. That I didn't even think about as, that. Yeah, <laughs> as much as I like the players at Cal, Purdue had better players, especially the top. I mean, with all due respect to J. Michael Servant, he may eventually be better than David Bell. Wasn't He's last not right year? Yeah, right. And the offensive line at Purdue was significantly better, and it wasn't great. And as much as I like the players at Cal, there's no George Karloftis on that team. There's no right? George Karloftis. That, that was You're a right. quality defensive team early in the season. They wore down a little bit late, mm-hmm. but that was a quality defensive team. And so, you know, Notre Dame won with big plays against them last year. If you think it was a competitive game, Notre Dame hit a couple big plays. Can they do that in this game? That's a legitimate question. Yep. And it's one that we need to. It's one that we need to see an answer to. So, uh, and I, I love some of these predictions uh, uh, that that people are making. So I appreciate all that. We're going to have a mailbag at the end of the show. So just so you know, there are a lot of questions that we have. We will get to those at the end of the show. And so we're going to kind of uh, transition in from the Notre Dame breakdown of prediction into some of the, the big games from college football. Then at the end, we will do our mailbag. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.